Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us, and enjoy this message. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Um, I want to do something before I get started here, and, and you can sit, you can stand, you can do how you want on this, but um, I want you to just close your eyes and put your hands on your heart. Um, just, just do that. Um, I felt like it's so beautiful time of worship, and it's just so beautiful just thinking about Jesus. Thinking of who he is and what he's done for us. You know, um, I know there's authority when you have victory in Jesus and you have authority of things. And, and I, I've come from a place where it's impossible for me to be here today, right? And some of you might come from that place. But just thinking about that, Jesus loved us in the midst of our mess. That Jesus wanted to die for you. So you have a way to fellowship with him, to have the Holy Spirit. Just think about that. The Holy Spirit wants to dwell in us. The Father in heaven loves us so much that he prepared every bit of the way so we can have divine nature, so that we can have fellowship as sons, as daughters of the creator of the heavens and the earth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Sometimes we get so busy and caught up in our, our plans and our, our systems that we forget our first love. We forget the one that loves us so much. That he is our miracle worker. He is our savior. He's our friend. He's our brother. He sees us when we're alone. He sees us when we're in tears. He sees us when we're hurting. That he intercedes to the Father. That's what the word says. He intercedes for us. Oh, Father God, don't let us forget our first love. Don't let us become nearsighted and blind to our salvation. That we carry the answer for people's problems and issues and despair every day. And it's Jesus. We thank you, Father, that you want to co-labor with us that you want us to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, that you send us just as you send Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Fill us, Lord, with so much of your love that it just completely overflows everywhere we go that we literally leak the kingdom of God here on this earth. 
We thank you for this time. We thank you for this day. Stir inside of us this love. In Jesus' name, all the glory is yours, Lord. All the honor is yours, Lord. All the power is yours, Lord. We lift your name on high. Thank you, Jesus. Bless us, Lord, as we continue to worship you. In your word, activate us, Lord, to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. We just had a beautiful time of worship. Come on. Sometimes we, we, we're, I'm a system person. I was project manager for many years in government work and disaster work. And I, I love systems. I love frameworks. I love processes. But sometimes us as men and women, we get in our process and fail to forget. We just forget that we need to stop sometimes. We just need to know what moment we're in. We are in a moment now. It's not a moment of despair. It's not a moment of darkness. It's not, it doesn't matter what your social media says, what CNN says. We are in a moment where God is looking upon the earth for who he's going to shine through. It's dark right now, but that's because he's looking for someone to shine through. Who is it going to show the light of Jesus to this world? At the gas station, at the convenience store, we are carriers of the very answer the world's looking to. It doesn't matter who the president is. It doesn't matter what's going on with earthquakes and volcanoes. And you can look at the news and see despair. I look at it and say, this is an opportunity for my God to show up. This is an opportunity for us to work with him and see an outpouring. I'm not just talking about like revival. I'm talking about an outpouring that awakens the heart of his people. Oh, I'm excited. I'm sorry. I'm off where I was going to go, but it's okay. Um, ah, I just love Jesus. <laughs> He's so good. He is so, so good. And I just want to encourage you. It doesn't matter where you're at. I don't know everybody in this room, that's for sure, right? It doesn't matter where you're from. If, you, if we had enough time today, I mean, I could tell you stories of where I'm from. You'd be like, oh, my gosh. But, you know, it doesn't matter your matters is that you just say, yes, Lord, and let him shine through you. Oh, my gosh. God, it's so good. So um, as I'm, I'm going to do just a little brief about our ministry and, and stuff. But as I'm doing that, I want to give you opportunity to do this. If you could put up the app information. Um, and the message today um, on our app, um, it has on the bottom left-hand side the notes. And you can email them to yourself. Um, it doesn't. We don't track your email or anything like that. It, I wanted uh, the app. Purpose of the app is to be a tool for you to get more, because I mean, let's be honest. In this next three hours, I'm just kidding. Um, in this time that we have together, you're going to retain about 10% of what I say. That's it. When you read something, you retain a little bit more. When you dive into it and, and go deeper into it, you can read more. So in this app, um, you can download it on all the, the different streams um, or platforms. But um, on the bottom left-hand side, that's the most important part, um, it will say notes. Hit, click on that. You can follow along when I'm, I'm speaking about today. And then at the very bottom of it, you can just hit email. It emails it to yourself. It doesn't tell us anything if you do it or not. I don't have any tracking systems on it. It's a tool for you. Okay? So... 
while you're doing that, I, I just want to briefly talk about my, um, my, my favorite ministry, um, my, my favorite thing in the world, um, besides my relationship with God and Holy Spirit and Jesus, is my family. Um, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but the, the primary ministry of every single one of us is our spouse is our kids. It's not what you do on stage. It's not what you do in the church. It's not what you, you the, the titles that we carry. Our primary ministry is that. And I just want to just briefly talk about um, this amazing woman here that's with me today. I love it that she's here. This is Brenda Digert. Um, she and I have known each other. Yes, give her. Man, it, you're going to hear a little bit of stories about what we've gone through. Um, she's a strong woman of God, right? Um, she is... Um, We've known each other for 29 years, right? 29 years. Um, and I think in a couple of weeks we'll be married. I'm 23 years married. So um, she's amazing, um, talented, and she'll be speaking soon. No, she will. Anyway, and then we have a, my daughter who's not here, and I'll, um, I'm going to talk about her a little bit more later. But she's at, um, she works for Life Center Church in Harrisburg. Um, and so she's at work right now doing what she's doing. Um, and she's 20 years old, and we have a 19-year-old son um, that's not feeling quite good this morning. He's at home, and, um, and, and then we have my other son here, my youngest, 17. This is Peyton. If you look at our website, it says media guy. That's what he does. He'll walk around, take pictures and stuff. Um, he travels with me. And we have Peyton's friend. Now, now this is Davin right here. I say hi, Davin. Um, Peyton, one of Peyton's good friends, but Peyton, um, Davin's become like a son to us. Um, and I want to encourage you. I was thinking about this, um, you know, this last few weeks. But, you know, I know a lot of people are discouraged about this younger generation. I got to tell you, you're wrong. They're wrong. Social media is wrong. Cancel culture is wrong. Um, just like this young man, Davin, um, and, and we, our, our sons and daughter have so many friends. And, and we do some um, young adult ministries. And I, I travel everywhere. This next generation is powerful. This next generation is hungry for truth. Come on. I'm excited about the next generation. I'm not looking at it as that lazy generation or the cancel generation or whatever everybody wants to put on it. I look at it as, wow, God, you're bringing together the fullness of the body. And every single generation, no matter the age, you're bringing together the fullness. Isn't that so good? Um, we do um, have our own ministry, Monarch Ministries um, International. Um, it's something that um, we started a couple years ago. I was traveling with Dr. Randy Clark. Um, I don't work for Global Awakening. I'm connected with Global Awakening. Um, Brenda actually works for Global, Global Awakening for just the next month or so. She's transitioning out of that role into our ministry. It's a fun season. I love this. Um, my daughter's becoming my personal assistant. God told her that she needed to do that. I didn't. We um, God. Um, my, um, my son that's not here, he's our merch intern. And then Peyton is um, my media guy. So um, they're going to travel with us as we're doing everything. I mean, a family ministry. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And they all wanted to step into those roles. It's just amazing um, what God has done. But our ministry, we, we're shifting. Um, and um, and I, I love pouring into the local church and, and doing the itinerant ministry that I've been doing. But we're shifting our focus to pour into the regions that God has highlighted to us. Um, and so one of those regions is like Houston, Texas. We're doing a conference next month called Lifestyle of Miracles. And what God's called us to do is pour into Lifestyle of Miracles into these regions and do free, con free conferences. Um, not charge anything to get in, um, and then work with the local churches and equip and train the ministry teams and do monthly meetings in these regions for a couple of years to cultivate a lifestyle of miracles. 
Now, a lot of people are like, you're just doing it all for free? Yeah, you know, we're, we're believing with God. <laughs> we're trusting in what he's called us to do. And so we're just going to pour in. God's given us, I think, 11 regions now. Um, Harrisburg uh, area is in that. Um, list um, at some point we're going to be pouring in this area that's why he has us living here it's kind of funny we moved from texas four years ago to be able to go back to texas to pour into it but not move back i was like okay god it's your plan not mine doesn't make sense to me we could have stayed there and just poured there but you know that god god loves to do things so but um if you want to know more about it just look um look it up but this is the thing is as y'all gave to what um you know to our family today it goes into the ministry every seed we consider it the ability to go multiply it and give it to other people. You're blessed. You have amazing pastor, Pastor Steve over here. Thank you so much for having me, Pastor. Um, you have amazing pastor, Dr. Hilton. Oh, my gosh, she's so amazing. I love her. I know she's, she's at home with her mom right now, but I, I love her so much. She poured into my life. Um, she, when I was at Global Awakening, um, I took the prophetic track, um, and um, I, I got to see her every Tuesday um, for um, a half a year or so. Um, she's amazing. I love her teaching. Um, she, you're blessed, to be in a house that cultivates God, the Spirit of God. I mean, I mean, we, 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 we sometimes we take it for granted. We, we, we take it to a point where, where we just get used to it. But I travel around the world. I've been to churches where it's so dry and it's so desperate where they're just like hungering for an encounter and they have never even had there. But you have it here. That's what we want to do. We want to take the encounters everywhere and activate the church. The church is so important for this next outpouring. The church is key, in my, point, my opinion, to this next outpouring, all right? One last thing before I get started. I want, I like, this is one of my favorite announcements because it's so true. Don't look to me. I'm just a mailman. I don't put the package together. I don't put the contents inside. I have no control over it. I'm just doing a job. God's called me to deliver what he's called me to deliver. I have no power. We need to get to the point where we understand that the church is our spiritual depot. We go to Home Depot, right? And we go get all of our tools and supplies because we have a project we want to do at the house. Well, God has a project, has things for you to do in your life. You come to the church to get equipped, to get your supplies, to go and do what you're called to do. It's not up to the speaker. It's not up to the pastor to do what you're called to do. We're just here to equip you, encourage you, entice you to dive deeper into this. That's what we're called to do. So I'm just a mailman. I, I don't want any glory. I, I actually um, asked, I, I love the introduction. That was perfect. I, I, I don't like introductions. It's like, I'm just that guy that says yes. That's my bio. <laughs> I'm that guy that says, yes, yeah, God's taken me through all kinds of amazing things. And he takes us and puts us in amazing places. And I've sat with governors and mayors and traveled all over the United States, um, developing processes that I'm not even educated to do. But God sends me there and we do these things. But you know what? It's, um, and we have also pastored. We spent 14 years pastoring in, in Texas and doing different roles in the church. Did every role possible in the church from janitor all the way up to leading. So, um, you, know, you know how it is. Been in plant churches and everything. So we've done all that kind of stuff. But you know what? It's just Jesus. It's just a, a vessel. That's what he's looking for. If you get anything out of today, he's just looking for a Yes. I mean, the word says he goes across the earth looking to and fro for somebody that he make himself known, show himself strong. He takes the weak and foolish things of this world 
and shows himself strong in them. And I tell you what, I'm weak and foolish. Come on. All right. So getting to the message, that was just a pre-warm-up. All right, we got about two and a half hours left. All right. Um, just kidding. I want to keep you that long. So I'm going to start in Luke. If you have your notes on the app, um, you could go there. But I'll be in Luke chapter 10. Um, I want to talk to you about cultivating today. Anybody know about cultivating? Do we have farmers in the house? I might have a farmer or two here. I don't know much about farming. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I know I'm from Texas and all that, but I'm from the city, okay? That's why I don't have that twang and all. Uh, I'm from the city. It's, Texas is a big country. Um, you, you go one city to the next, it's completely different. I'm from San Antonio, Texas originally. So if I get talking too fast, just, just try to tell me slow down. I'm going to try to slow down. Um, I'm, I'm used to talking fast, used to talking with my hands. But I'm going to try to keep it, keep it slow um, as I've been working on that. God's like, just slow down so they can hear you. Um, you know. And so, um, but, you know, I want to talk about cultivating. I don't know a lot about farming, but I do know about cultivating lifestyle miracles. It's fun. It is so much fun. And it's so much fun when God wants to use us and guide us. And um, I want to start in Luke chapter 10 because this is a prime example of what it's about. Okay, it's a prime example. Of, uh, we, we think about things in, in our, our natures like, okay, in, in society, we have titles, we have positions, then this is their role. And so we have pastors and we have itinerants, and that's their role to go and spread the gospel and the good news and the encounters and pray for the sick and lay hands. And we leave it to these elder roles, and we just don't understand that Jesus said, no, I'm bringing everybody in. It's not just the speaker. It's not just the pastor. You know, yes, I, I agree. There are anointings and there are things that God pours out on people. And we'll see um, a, a, a greater number of things. But he has called every single one of us to do and be like Jesus to this earth. He's called you to go out. And Luke 10 um, verse 1 um, we'll start right there, it, and it's, it's so important to understand this, that it's not just about the 12 disciples. It's not just about, you know, the ones that the, uh, the disciples, like, you know, Paul's disciple, Timothy, and it's not just about those. It's about everybody, and this is Jesus, and, he's, and it starts in chapter 10, verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them ahead of him, two by two, and every town and place where he himself was about to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly that the Lord of the harvest will send the laborers out into his harvest. Now, there's so much more that we could dive into this. But I want to start. What he did, he's like, okay, now he grabbed the others. What is that? Who are the others? The people hanging out. The people that started following around. He grabbed the others, not just the 12 that he was poured into constantly. He grabbed the others. And he sent them out ahead of him to prepare the way. Now here is the way, the truth, and the light. Sending out the others to prepare the way. These are not the ones that, you know, that, that are, are considered, you know, the apostles or, you know, the, the disciples. The, these, these are everybody that was around. If, if we could pull it into something that we can understand today. And in 1903 to 1906, I believe it was, there was a great outpouring in California called Azuzu Street. You ever heard of that? 
And, and the amazing part I love about this story of the outpouring there where God used a man that had to sit on a porch to listen to the word through a window because he wasn't allowed in the building to, be, to go out and preach the word. But in this, this moment, you got this anointed man of God in Seymour, and he's preaching the word, and he was a little bit unique and everything, but he's sit, and the glory would come in the building. But it was the others that were playing in the glory. It was teenagers and young people, and they're just in the glory. They came to see what God was doing, that the greatest of the miracles were performed through the others. A lot of denominations and movements were birthed out of the others that were hanging out in the glory. See, we, we, we get to the point where we're just like, oh, no, I need to be called and named a healing evangelist to be able to pray for the sick. Or we, we get to the point where, no, I need to do this and that. No, I believe God has something for us to subdue the earth, to understand that we need to go into our area of influence to take the kingdom. Because you know what? We don't need more people up here. It doesn't say that leaders are few. It says the laborers are few. Too many times we, we, we get this mentality, we want to be a known leader. We want to be, you know, have the most likes on Facebook and social media upon the, the amazing word or revelation that we proclaim on there to show our anointing and power. And Jesus is like, just be you. Because you only can reach the ones he's called you to reach. You are placed in an area, a job, a situation where you can reach those around you like I can't because I don't know those people. I'm not there. I'm not placed there. Not that Pastor Steve can't because you have influence and ability to reach these people. You're called. You understand? You're called. You're called. I love it. And, and you go down to verse 17. It talks about the 72 re returning, rejoicing, and saying, Lord, even the demons... Listen, and are subject to, in your name. I, I want to point that out just real quick. It's in the name of Jesus Christ. I can't emphasize this enough. That it, it wasn't, you know, I don't go out and I don't heal people. Jesus does. Come on. I don't go out and just come up with a prophetic word. Jesus does. It's not in my name. It's not in my power, my ability. It's not in your name, your power, your ability. It is in Christ. We forget that name of Christ sometimes. Like we like to quote scripture so much, like all things are, are, are possible. In Christ Jesus. All things are possible. In Christ Jesus. Or, or we get preachy sometimes, and I've done it myself, preaching on Romans 8, and there's nothing in this world, there's no angels, no demons, nothing on this earth, nothing man-made, nothing formed that could come against you. No weapon would prosper against you. And we preach that really solid, right? And then some people are sitting there like, wow, but I've, I've been attacked, and I've been falling, and I've been making mistakes because of the attacks and everything. But there's an important part right at the end of chapter 8 where it says, in Christ... If you do not abide in Christ, then you're outside and the weapons can defeat you. It has to be in Christ Jesus. We do everything in Christ Jesus. All right? So that's just the intro. You with me? 
and cultivating, if you could put up that um, first picture, um, and cultivating, is, is, it, it needs to be considered completely essential to us. I like using that word right now because, you know, the non-essential people, like, you know, come on. Um, it is completely essential. Cultivating is essential. I mean, we, we get so caught up in this consumer, consumer mentality, the American way, this Western culture, is where we just want more, 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 more. And sometimes we even go to church and we consider like, hey, pastor, just feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. And we don't want to go out and do anything. We don't want to go and read the word ourselves. We don't want to go and study what just the pastor pastor just released to provoke you to hunger for what he's talking about. Because what God wants us to cultivate is right there. So we just eat that fruit up. And then we get mad. I didn't see anything come out of it great past Sunday. What'd you cultivate? Did you just consume it? I mean, like, I mean, no joke. If my 19-year-old wouldn't get up and make his own food at this point, he might starve. I mean, we don't, you know, we, we do family dinners and stuff, but, you know, there's time. Get, go get some food. Like, no joke. Oh, we're out of this. The store is right down the street. You got a car. You know, I don't need to feed my kids all the time. They're, they're past that point. And, and a responsible father will teach them to do things on their own. Will teach them how to change oil in a car. Teach them how to, how to understand how the vehicles work. Teach them how to be smart and give them these things. But it's up to them to go cultivate it. Right? I'm teaching all my kids on how to change oil, even my daughter. Now, she, they have a choice. They can either do it themselves and save money over a lifetime, or they could pay mechanics, and I love mechanics. My whole family is mechanics. Or they could pay somebody and pay a lot more money. It's up to them, whatever they want to cultivate in it. But I will teach them. I'll give them seeds that they can use to benefit them and their families. Because now, family like mine has five cars. It's a lot of money to go change all that oil. Mechanic, right? All right. So uh, we, we need to get past this consuming, consuming, but we also need to understand this is, this is the nature of God. This is how God designed the earth. And if we look into nature, we can see the very essence in the spiritual. The way God designs things and puts things together is an example for us what we can do in the spiritual. He has a plan and a purpose for everything. You look at the next picture, if you put it up there, this is a, just a strawberry, right? And you see strawberry, and some of you are thinking lunch already, right? I mean, it, it, strawberries are wonderful, and they taste good, but I want to point out to the outside of the strawberry, the average strawberry has 200 seeds in it. 200. Now, we could eat that and consume it and be done. Or you could take that strawberry, and you could plant it and grow a crop that will bring return fruit over and over and over again. It's cultivating. In the spirit, in the word, in, in our relationship with Christ, we have the same opportunity. When we come to church every Sunday, we have the same opportunity to take that word and just consume it right there and forget about it. Or to take it and say, there's seeds here for my life. There's something I can cultivate. There's something that I can develop into an everlasting fruit. A reproduction of fruit. You, you know, we, we, we get to the, um, the place that we, we, we just take scripture and we just 
you know, read it, and then we're like, okay, I got this, and done. Check it off, right? I want to give you an example of that. God said, you know, he created man, woman. We go back to Genesis 1.28, right? We're going way back. All right? And he said, you know, go, be fruitful, multiply. Right? And when we think about that automatically, we think about, well, just have kids. I'm done. Check. I was fruitful. I multiplied. I have three kids. Now they could go do the same. Is that all the fruitfulness that God's calling there? Is that his design that we just multiply another human? Or is he calling us to something even greater there? Because he goes into the next verse and talks about that you have dominion over this earth. You have the ability to actually be fruitful over this earth. Every place you go, business, Wherever. I've done it. I've been literally sitting in government situations where you're, oh, you can't bring God into government. No, I can bring God in wherever I go because he is with me. He is in me. I represent the kingdom of God. I might be in this world. I'm not of it, but I'm in it to win it. Doesn't matter where I go. I am going to go and represent Jesus Christ. And sometimes just keep your mouth closed. I've had bosses that love to cuss, scream, yell every single person and get them to freak out. And I had one for over a decade that I never freaked out over. And he even told me at dinner once, he's like, man, I don't even get you. I can't get, I can't like stir you up. I said, that's all right. I carry Jesus. I carry Shalom. There's something different, you know. And he's like, you know, you got skeletons in your closet, you know, this whole religious thing. I say, I'm not religious either. I just got a relationship. You know, I love confusing people. Like, you know, that you can't get anger out of me anymore. Now, I used to be a man of anger. I, I grew up in an anger system. It was really cultivated very well in my family. But Jesus said, no, I want you to do something different. And he changed that very nature because I let him have it. And he gave me a nature of self-control and love, and I learned to cultivate it. Sorry. It's a side note. It might be for somebody in here. Yeah. All right, talking about seeds again. Seeds. Did you know with the Dead Sea Scrolls that they found, they found seeds in there that were over 2,000 years old. They're date seeds that they planted, and they actually produced the tree. Isn't that cool? You know, the, the very thing that we think about sometimes, though, is like, oh, man, maybe I missed it, or you might be thinking about this. I didn't cultivate. But there's still seeds that we have in our life that can be brought forth and cultivated. There's still things that God's called us to do that have the very programming that God called it to have that can be brought forth. I mean, if the world understands this to the point that we have a seed vault. Have you seen or heard about the seed vault? There is a seed vault, and it's up in Iceland or somewhere like that um, because they want it to be cold and all this. But this seed vault has 4.5 million varieties of crops. Right? There's that many crops out there? It has all these seeds, and they carry about average of 500 seeds. And it's just in case the world destroys everything else out there, there is a seed to go cultivate and bring back what was lost. You see, they, they, they store it, and then the, the seeds still, God created those seeds that still had the programming, and they're just sitting there. Ooh, sometimes I think about that with a prophetic. How many words did we just forget about that we just pushed to the side? Well, it didn't happen in my time frame. It wasn't a microwave moment. It was a moment God wanted you to let it rest and maybe go a decade. I mean, if you had to wait a long time for a prophetic word, you might be in a good place. Look at Abraham. Look at Joseph. I mean, look at David. I mean, like, I mean you know, it, it has to wait, but then we just forget it. 
But you can go back and say, God, oh, forgive me for getting that. I want to take that seed, that prophetic word, that call on my life, and I want to bring it forth now. I want to press into this now. Let me cultivate this now. Come on. The seeds don't go away. This is um, um, one of the, uh, um, there's so many different places that we go with seeds, but I'm going get to you, get you to the lifestyle miracles in just a second. But this is one thing, this next picture, uh, I find this too often. I did this myself. This is what it looks like too often in the church. There's the pastor. No joke. It's like, it's like, oh, I'm just trying to plow and plant, plow and plant, plow and plant, plow and plant. And, and, and we, we as people, as the, the flock, as the sheep are like, we're just sitting over there watching them plow and plant. Come feed us. That is not what God's called us to be. God's called us to be like this next picture right here. He called us to be in the house cultivating together. He called us to be in the place where we are developing a system of cultivation that reproduces what Jesus has done in our lives. As a family, as a group in this community. How about in your home, if you show the next picture right there. I love this family that is actually just going out and they're, they're planting together. God has called us to be in the spirit to plant together. I said a long time ago when I got the call to the ministry, I wasn't even married yet. I said, God, my children will not be those PKs that run out and do the crazy things. And everybody says, oh, that's just because he's a PK kid. So no, they're going to know you, Lord, that their testimony is going to be the most powerful testimony, I believe, is the one that grew up experiencing God, experiencing miracles, experiencing encounters, and they have learned to live their life out in the spirit. Come on. My family, my kids, they, I mean, this is not me just being boasting on me because it was only Jesus because I had no fatherly example whatsoever other than God and what he showed me in the spirit and in the word. But my kids live that lifestyle. And I'll give an example. My daughter, who is not here right now, and I just wanted to say, I it was you that you had, who had the ankle that was just healed? That was you. I, I saw that. That's amazing. Praise Jesus. She didn't even expect it, right? I mean, I, if you haven't heard the testimony, there's something to cultivate. All right? But she didn't expect it. She's just in worship, and God heals the metal in your ankle. I mean, come on. We're entering a season where, the, where God is just going to do things like that, where it's just in the middle of praising him. I mean, like, should we be shocked by it? No. I mean, what does the word say? If you lift my name on high, I will add all these things unto you. Why do we get shocked? I don't understand. Like, I mean, if we're praising him and we're lifting him up in truth and spirit and all these other things are going to start get shaken off, broken off, and fall off. And since this is the first testimony that um, we're pointing out, and I love that testimony. I love that y'all talked about it. You brought it on stage. Bring back the testimony to the house. Is You can be healed hearing the testimony. You don't have to wait, wait for prayer. Did you know that? Did you know online you can be healed just hearing the word of God, hearing the testimony, you can be healed. We've seen three ladies get new gallbladders just watching online. They didn't have one. God put one in there. Created a miracle. I mean, like, one lady, she watched my testimony, like, years after I filmed it. I didn't even know. She just emailed us um, about a year ago. But she, she was healed not of 
the kidney disease, genetic disease, and all that. She was healed from a car wreck and all the injuries from a car wreck she was dealing with in severe pain. God healed her through watching the testimony. So you don't have to be in this room. You can be healed. I want give to you, give you permission right now. Some of us just have to have that. You can be healed now. Come on. You can be healed when you hear the testimony. My daughter, um, for the last four years, has um, had a bout with um, anemia, um, getting exhausted, um, and just really not doing well um, with, with just a lot of things. And come to find out after a lot of doctor stuff and research and then actually doing more on her own. Sorry, doctors. But, um, we, you know, she found out that she had a gluten intolerance and she had a dairy intolerance. And so it was blocking her body from absorbing the iron. And so then she has to cut all that out. Anybody have to do that? Oh, my gosh. Um, we, you know, that's not a fun time. But cut out all the gluten and everything. Anyway, so I'm fast forward. Um, you know, she's spent like last six, eight months um, cutting all that out. You can watch her full testimony online. But um, she just in worship a couple weeks ago uh, and, and just worshiping God. And God said, start pressing in for that now. Isn't that great? Just pressing for it right now. And God healed her. And she went from there. She told her friend, she goes, I think God healed me of all these issues. So they went out to um, hang out and eat what like they do with the staff of the church and stuff. And um, she, she ordered a sandwich. And she, she, she's like, this could either hurt really bad or I could be healed. And she ate it and she was fine. Come on. It's so good. That's the lifestyle of miracles where you just know you just God's got you. Sometimes it's not instantaneous. Sometimes it's a process, right? Come on. All right. So I want to um, just move forward in this understanding of cultivation. Um, so there's so many different areas of cultivating. I, I, in finances, in the marketplace. And I love marketplace ministry. And I'm going to talk about some of the things I've done in the marketplace here and there. But um, in the marketplace, everywhere you go, there's a place to cultivate something. I want to focus on cultivating what you're called to be like Jesus to this world. I want to focus on cultivating a lifestyle of miracles. But there's so much more to this if you dive into it deeper, right? Um, so we're, we're called as a, as a people group to do what, what Jesus did. And if you look at the notes, I'm, and this is another good reason having the notes. I skipped some stuff. They're gems. Go back and read that. That's great. Just, just, just like understanding that the fruitful will multiply, there's a thing in there about our cells. You know your body multiplies on its own? Because God designed it that way. And it's like a trillion cells a day that your body produces. Think of that number. Trillion cells. But if we just learn that our spirit's supposed to multiply, it's supposed to be cultivating. It's supposed to be duplicating. We're designed that way. All right. So um, Jesus is a great example of what it means to be more than just fruitful by having kids, right? He came to this earth to show us the way, to give us an example. He was fully God, but fully man. And I'm not getting into the complete theology of this, but he is fully God, fully man on this earth, experiencing and showing us the very way we could live in this world, right? And so he's showing us he did not have kids. So he, what did he do? He multiplied himself by picking 12. And he taught the others that came around. And he activated them. Multiplying yourself is, is who has God put in your life? 
It, you might be an answer to pray for them and see them healed. You might be an answer to encourage them through a hard time. You might be someone that walks alongside them and cultivates and, and just literally shows them everything that God has shown you. I want to duplicate myself at all times. I'm taking on another intern. You got a lot of people, right? But I'm taking on this, um, this man that is called to do ministry up in New York, but he needs to learn and grow in it. And so he's going to travel with me for the next year so I could pour into him and just multiply myself that way. We are called to multiply. We're called to do this. Um, in, in Matthew 5.17, it says, Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law or the prophets. I came to, uh, um, to fulfill the law, right? Uh, there, there's, there's an understanding that we need to come to right here where Jesus said, I came to fulfill the law. What is the law? These are the, the words of God, the commandments of God, the things that God's called us to do. He called us to be fruitful and multiply it. So if he came to fulfill that he's fulfilling what God said to do. You get this. That this, this, this concept of fulfillment, of subduing the earth and multiplying can be seen in the life of Jesus by what he did with the people around him. It's not just about with the kids. Now, you have kids, you, and, and, and God bless you, you have kids, and I have kids. You multiply yourself through your kids. But then you're also called to multiply yourself out to, outside that, right? And a side note here, he said he didn't come to abolish the prophets. We're in a very dangerous season right now as a church. And there's a time where we abolish the gifts as a church. We pushed them out, the prophetic, the apostolic, the evangelist. We pushed them out the door. It wasn't God. I don't believe God ever called them to cease. And it says it right there. He, he, called, he called us to cultivate these things, but as people, we got afraid of it because there was a situation, and we have one of those situations right now. This is a side note, but the prophetic is not to be rejected because of men's mistakes from mishandling it as a church. It is called to be cultivated and brought in. And I, I just wanted to just side note this real quick. As, as a person that sees miracles, signs and wonders, and sees creative miracles, I just, I just partner with God through the prophetic gifting that he's given me to see what he's doing. That's all I do. i give you, you know, just a prime example of this. Is I, I, I saw one time, I'm a, um, I'm, I'm a, I call it discerning the spirits, but it's, you know, a lot of people call it seer nowadays, right? Um, and where I could see things in the spirit, but I saw these like bright lights going across the ceiling once, and, and they're kind of intertwined. In my mind, I'm kind of weird. I thought Ghostbusters. Okay, if anybody's seen the old Ghostbusters, you know what I'm talking about, you know? And I'm like, God, what does Ghostbusters have to do with anything right now? And he says, no, take, take, a, take, take a deeper look. Take a deeper look into it. And so I took a deeper look into it, and, and I, I'm, I'm seeing these, these beings have connections in them. And then I was like, okay, God, so they're connection. What does that mean? He's like, it's DNA. I say, okay, what are you trying to tell me? Now, Understand this. I, when I got up and talked about this, I didn't say any of that part. I'm just giving you an example of how to press in and cultivate, but also that the prophetic brings in healing. Give me an example. And when I got up, God told me that we settle too much. We settle for issues like high blood pressure. We settle for issues that because, you, well, your family had cancer, so you should be worried about cancer. Your family has Alzheimer's, you should be worried about Alzheimer's. We settle, God said, we settle way too much for genetic and family generational issues when he can change it. If he wrote the DNA, do you think he could reprogram it? 
And so we started pressing in for this, and we saw people, literally uh, one woman in, in uh, church that had a, um, a monitor on her at all times to monitor her heart and had to take all kinds of high blood pressure, um, blood pressure medication, spent the next few days watching that machine level out, and she's like, I'm getting healed, and she went to a doctor. I mean, she has no issues anymore. Hey, come on. Like, I, I was born with a genetic kidney disease that I don't have anymore, and the medical tests keep on showing it. Like, I mean, we, we, we settle way too much. And, and I feel like to, I mean, God bringing this to remembrance right now is, is for someone in this room. So how about we just stop real quick and um, let's do this. Okay. If you have high blood pressure, stand up. If you have a genetic issue, stand up. If you have um, something that, you know, your, 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 your doctor said, well, it's in your family history, then that's why you have it. Go ahead and stand up. If you have a fear of getting something from, from you know, well, my mother had heart attacks, my father, whatever, go ahead and stand up. I want to I press into this real quick because I'm telling you, God is a God of miracles, but God is also the God that changes the very history into our future into something different. My whole family, every male in my family has had high blood pressure but me. Okay? Every single one. I mean, I've had an uncle that had three bypass surgeries. I mean, I have a younger brother that's been on blood, blood pressure medication most of his life. I mean, like, I, I, I have the doctors sometimes like, whoa, your blood pressure is low. Are you okay? No, it's not like too low, but it's just like perfect. You know, it's like, no, I have Jesus that rewrote my DNA. He changed my history where I do not have to have the worry of what, what, ha what happened to my family. He changed it to where I know I walk in the fullness of what he's called me to be is healthy. He could change it for you. We've seen it time and time again. So just, just lift your hands like you're going to receive a gift if you can. And so, Father God, I just proclaim right now that very word, that you rewrite the DNA, that you change the history to a future of health, Father. I proclaim that blood pressure goes down, that genetic conditions um, would leave the body, Father God, that fear will be abolished. The fear of thinking that we, 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 because my mother had this, my father had this. No, that needs to stop right now in the name of Jesus Christ because you are not called to live out that life. You're called to live out the life of Jesus Christ and miracles, signs, and wonders and healing is in this room. So I proclaim healing of every single cell in your body to rewrite the DNA, Father God, that no matter what it is, it could be a genetic condition that they say is, is completely nothing could be done. But Jesus said, I can do it. It could be it could be diabetes, blood pressure, whatever it is in Jesus name, heal their bodies right now. Blood conditions be healed in the name of Jesus Christ right now. Let your power flow through their bodies. And we just proclaim the life of Jesus Christ over every cell, all the way down to the very DNA. And let their DNA be as you called it to be on earth as it is in heaven, Father. Make them whole in Jesus' name. Let them notice their body changes, their energy levels change. The power that touched them was you, so they give you glory, Father. Let them see it, and then let them get confirmation from doctors like, whoa, what's going on with you? Whatever you're doing, keep on doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So going back to, you can be seated again. Um, we only got about two more hours. All right. I know I say that, but, you know, maybe. Going back to um, what we're called to do. 
I think, um, I'm going to say this as a side note, but it might be in the notes, I don't know. Sometimes we get so stuck, and this, and this is a season two, you actually focus on it, but in, in, in the gospel, we do, we're going to do these full gospel crusades, is what I'm calling them, right? We're, um, we're going to go into where it's not into a church, it's not, it's just into this, um, it might be a field, or it might be a community center, and bring the full gospel, okay? Sometimes we get stuck on half the gospel, and we just focus on the sin and forgiveness of sins, which is very important. I'm not downgrading it at all right? That is what saves us. That is our point of entrance into the kingdom of heaven. Our name gets written in the Lamb's book of life. It is by his death on the cross that we're washed in the blood. He is the only way, the truth, and the light, and only through him is the only way to the Father. That's all there is to it. Read the word, right? But we, we, we get stuck there sometimes, like, at the cross. We get stuck, like, like in that place. God showed me this in a vision once, where he sees every single person on the earth. He sees every individual on the earth. And the way he showed me every individual was there some that were dark and they weren't at the cross yet. They're just, they're just in sin. They're, they don't know the Father. They're lost. Then there are some that, that were, were red. They're just, I see silhouettes, right? And they're just completely red. They're washed in the blood of Jesus, but they haven't left the cross. And then there was those that were in pure white, and there are a light to the world because they're walking with Jesus in it. We need to get past the point where we're stuck at the cross. The cross is a beautiful place and a place that we need to celebrate. Thank Jesus what he did. There's so much power at the cross, but there is a resurrection power too. There's a third day. There is an empty tomb. There's no more mourning. They're celebrating. We, we need to get to the point where we understand that we live on the other side of the cross. We are a generation of people that live with a habitation of the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. We are not at the cross mourning of a dead body, but we're living in the fullness of the resurrection power of the cross. Come on. We need to move forward. But, you know, um, and if you turn to John, those that are not following the notes, I know the notes have it in there. I'd like to turn it. And, you know, I love side notes. I love putting little side notes in here as a public service announcement. Carry your Bible. I'm not saying because, you know, I'm old school and I started with Bibles and not apps. No. I'm saying because the apps are removing scriptures that are printed. You got to be careful. And, and it doesn't matter the name of the app. There's inconsistencies going there. I don't know what's going on with it, but I have noticed that the printed word has scriptures that the app doesn't. I love to get a whole list of this together. It's on my to-do thing. But so carry the carry the word of God. And don't just listen to the preacher. Read it yourself. Just saying. <sighs> okay. John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you. Sorry, did I not say John 16? I might have skipped it earlier. Okay. Um, turn to John 16. All right. <laughs> and we're on verse 7. And he says, nevertheless, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send them to you. It is better that I go. So the Holy Spirit, as we know, it's the Holy Spirit being sent to us. It's better that Jesus didn't stay on this earth. So the Holy Spirit would come on this earth. Now, the Holy Spirit does a lot. Holy Spirit is amazing. Holy Spirit comforts us, gives us understanding, wisdom, gives us knowledge. 
Ooh, there's a whole teaching right there. You know, knowledge is one thing. Understanding of the knowledge is the next step. If you have just knowledge, you know, you, you might get stuck at the cross. Or you might be stuck not doing what God's called you to do because it's just a knowledge, right? But you have to have an understanding of the word, understanding what the word means. But then you also have to have wisdom. Understanding and knowledge without wisdom is dangerous. Come on. We need the wisdom to apply it and to take it in our lives. That's a whole other teaching. But I just want you to know that what I'm giving you right now is just a little bit of knowledge. Maybe a little bit of understanding. But you need to go cultivate it to be able to get the fullness of what God's called it to be in your life. You have to go and cultivate it yourself. But um, so the Holy Spirit's in us. The Holy Spirit comforts us, gives us understanding, gives us knowledge. The Word says that the Holy Spirit will bring into remembrance what Jesus taught. Well, how do you know what Jesus taught? By reading the Word. He is the word, read the word. But he'll bring you into remembrance when you're out in the world in these situations that he can do things with you by bringing in remembrance. The Holy Spirit will bring in the word into your, to your mind, to your heart, so you know that you can apply it to that situation. You got to cultivate the word. You have to let the Holy Spirit guide you, comfort you, show you. But Jesus said it's better. Why? Because he wanted to empower us. God's plan wasn't for us just to be hand-fed. His plan was for us to be sent. Do you understand? Like John the Baptist said that he was preparing the way for the one that will come baptize you with fire. Right? John the Baptist. You know what? I like to think of it this way. Jesus came to prepare the way for the sons and daughters to be revealed on this earth so we could show the magnitude of the power of God. The word says that the, 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 the creation just, just yearns for the revealing of the sons and daughters. What does that mean? That means those that Christ knows, those that he sends the Holy Spirit to, that the Holy Spirit dwells in, that's empowered to be Christ-like, are revealed into this earth. But too much, we're stuck at the cross and not in the resurrection. We're stuck thinking that, well, no, that was just for the preacher to do. That's just for, you know, Marcus to do. No, that's for what you are called to do. You're called. John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, those who believe in me will do what I did and greater things. What is the understanding here? Jesus is saying, if you believe in me, you will do what I did and greater things you will do. Ask it in his name and shall be done. What? Okay, so that means I have to go through 12 years of discipleship class. No, discipleship is important. Education's important. I'm working on a master's, right? It's important to do these things. But it's also important to know that because you have the Holy Spirit, because he left the earth to send the Holy Spirit, it empowers you to be Christ on this earth. How are you cultivating that? How are you taking this very fruit, a salvation encounter? Spirit, I mean, you had someone right here that was released a medal, so you have a testimony to give. You don't need to give my testimony. Come on. How are you cultivating that? We good? We're doing all right. Okay. Um, I'm going to get into story time. I know I've been to teaching time a lot, but that's okay. Um, I just want to give you this, this last one, and it's so good. It's so true. It's John 20, 21. 
it's so important to, to understand this because Jesus, Jesus, I love John 14, by the way. Read John 14. I know that's in the notes. I skipped over that just for time sake. John 14 is so important. You will have trouble in this world, though. That he says he gives us peace. He gives us a shalom, the peace of Jesus. Peace I give you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. I don't give to you as the world gives. So that means the world is going to give you trouble. It's going to give you fear. But you have the peace of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace in you. You know, John 14 is just important there. But I want, I want to go to John 20 here. Is, is this peace that he's talking about, peace be with you. He says you have peace. Because as the Father sent me, I also send you. Think about that. God said, mm. man fell to his will. There's a disconnect. I'm sending Jesus. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the light. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father do. And then Jesus shows what it is to live out a fullness of heaven on earth, the kingdom of heaven at hand. And then he says, now I'm sending you. I'm sending you. What are you called to do? How are we going to subdue the earth if we sit inside the walls and try to cultivate? If we just sit in this room and do nothing else, how is Elizabethville going to be subdued to the kingdom of God to where people are experiencing the very essence of the miracle power of God if we just sit here and don't do anything? He said, I sent you as the Father sent me. That's our call. That's our place. And, and give you just a, a, a quick overview and I love Brenda. She keeps a list. You know, I've been healed 25 times or major healings that she keeps a list of. <laughs> Lifestyle miracles. It's like, whatever, Satan. God's got my back. But it, it, and the first experience of healing I ever had, I believe it was 1993, and I was, I was at a church that didn't talk about healing. I mean, the only prophetic that was talked about is when someone had spoken tongues, they could get up and speak in tongues, and if the pastor can't interpret it, they are told to shut up or get out. That was the only prophetic. I mean, like, we're, we're not in the, 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 what we have now, that's for sure. I mean, we're in this place, and I go on this ski trip, and um, I'm, I'm from Texas, so we don't go skiing very much. I'm from a very poor, poor area in Texas, and um, I end up moving and getting being in foster families. I get to go skiing, and I'm a guy, so, you know, all my friends from the youth group were skiing already because they've been every year, and I'm a guy, and I'm a macho guy, and I play sports, so I'm like, I could do this. I spent like five minutes in the class. I learned two things, how to make, um, what do y'all call it, the pizza? I call it the wedge. But, um, you know, and how to do that and how to turn sideways, you know, how to slow down, how to stop. That's all you need to know, right? I am skiing, and I was doing pretty good all day until the end of the day. And this one, um, at the last run of the day in Wolf Creek, um, this guy that wasn't saved, he was just there for skiing. His name's Pace. He went with me, and we ended up going on um, what is a blue um, square level. Um, on the skiing, and, um, and I didn't know they fork off to harder ones, and I, I, I just was going down, and I forked off, and it just went flying down, I think it was a black diamond, double black diamond, um, and um, end up flipping my ski, then it um, break free from my boot, and um, my leg ended up snapped 
to the side. So from right, right here in the knee, it was sticking out this way. Pace finally catches up to me. I'm screaming. He's screaming. He leaves. And it takes forever. They come and get me in the sled. They have to straighten my leg. That's so painful. And, 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 and all, all this. And they get me in the sled and take me down to the emergency room there at the um, a resort, whatever we're at. And, um, but anyway, so long story short, there's a, a youth sponsor that said, hey, I feel like I need to pray for you. You know, after all this doctor stuff, they're going to do MRIs the next morning to see if I need surgery, whatnot. Anyway, he comes and prays for me, and my leg heats up. Now, in your world, you're like, that's a good sign. In my world, it's like the medicine's kicking in. <laughs> right? And, and literally, the next day, I was back on the slope skiing. Okay? Now, we went, you know, I was walking the next morning. The youth pastor was like, no, you need to go to the MRI. They did an MRI. MRI came back fine. Doctor, get a clean bill of the health. Go back. Do whatever you want. Pace that saw my leg snap said, God must be real. I'm giving my life to Jesus. Right? In that moment, in a place that God just came and intervened, in a moment of worship where God just comes and intervenes when we don't even expect it, I could have left it right there. As an experience, oh, it's not that celebrated. It wasn't. It's like, oh, be careful. No, no, no. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm good. You know, I did whatever I wanted, but I could have left it right there. But God, God said, no, press into this, press into this, press into this. As a pastor in an area that was very religious, um, people, you know, get mad at you for preaching about acts. Stop shoving the Holy Spirit down my throat, you know? And I'm like, God heals today. 14 years, I saw more healings in my own body. And I saw anybody else. No joke. But I mean, I'm just in worship one time. I'm just worshiping God. I had um, um, at work, I snapped my wrist, had to have surgery. It was a fun surgery. They put six pins in my wrist. We're out shopping one day, and uh, my wrist is hurting. I look down at the cast, and there's a pin sticking up through the cast. Yeah, that felt good. And so I called the doctor's office, and they're like, well, you just can't do really anything about it right now. Just pull it out and then come in. In front of her, Brenda, I pulled this nasty thing out and just blood and everything. And it's like, it hurt. Failed surgery. What's going to happen? It's just in worship one day. It's like, my arm's like this. I had another one up. But I'm like, just praising God. God said, I healed your wrist. Check it out. I did. Checked it out. No problems. I even had to go and prove it to the doctor and prove it on the machines and everything. No problems. The failed surgery was healed. I had to press in, though. Press in. Press in. People want to know, how do I get to the miracle lifestyle that you live? You got to press in. You got to cultivate. Ask God. I remember even as, as a young believer, um, I, had, I came to Christ in, um, in the middle of a service. It wasn't even altar call. It was just God speaking to me. And the first thing I did, I got a Bible. And I was like, I don't know what to read. So I started reading, and I happened to start reading Acts. That's a good place to start when you're saved, right? Uh, that's not where we tell everybody. But, you know, um, you know, I didn't know any better, so I just started reading Acts. I remember telling God during Acts chapter 3, like, God, I just want to see, you know, a, a pastor or a preacher. That's my mindset then. was, you know, when Peter and John are just walking through the gate, and they just say, hey, I ain't got nothing for, to give you, but get up and be healed. I just want to see someone be healed like that. And then God says, I'll show you. And hungering for even more. God, I want to, I had the encounter, Jesus. Thank you. I want to have more encounters. I had the prophetic words or words of knowledge. Whatever it is that you're encountering, God, I have had more. I want more, Lord. I want more. Press in for more. Even when you're in the midst of a problem, you can pray for others and see them healed. 
what? Yes. I was preaching for all that time, and I had a kidney disease. I don't know if y'all watched. I think you put the testimony up, right? And um, I had the kidney disease, and my kidneys failing and all that. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I just completely want to quit. You know, I, I did, actually. And I went on a sabbatical. That was my forever sabbatical. I wasn't going to do ministry again. And God said, there's more. That's when I had an encounter with Bill, and I had the creative miracle on my body. I lived four years without even knowing God created a new kidney in me, right? I mean, like, I, 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 I just sometimes I'm like, God, wow, thank you. I sit back. I mean, just, just literally last week we're at the gym. I'm doing a torso um, rotation machine. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but you sit on it and you spin your entire body, but you have to keep your chest flat and you spin your whole lower body twisting back and forth. And I have it on the second to the most weight it can do. And here I am, the disabled guy that had two back surgeries, 26 hours, 14 metal screws, two metal rods, a metal plate, 360 fusions from L2 to S1 on my spine. Not supposed to lift more than 10 pounds again the rest of my life. That's what the doctors say. You're 100% disabled. And here I am maxing out this machine. Twisting my spine like it's impossible to do with the titanium that's wrapped around it. I don't know if God turned into jello or what, but you know what? It's n- it doesn't affect me at all. I have no problems at all. Well, I've just kept on pressing in, pressing in. What, what do you do with a lifestyle like that? You press in, um, Jesus. Bill said, go give it away. And I started, started giving away, started seeing miracles, signs and wonders. I mean, seeing stage four leukemia being healed over the phone. I like, God, you could do that. You know, I didn't know you could do that. That's open. Um, he healed over the phone. You know, I mean, like, I mean, seeing bones grow out. You know, he grows bones. Come on. Just pressing in for more. And during that time, I get injured again. Do you know that Satan wants to stop you? Do you know he wants you to not cultivate? He doesn't want you to listen to the words I'm saying. He doesn't want you to think about the seeds the pastor gives you every Sunday. He doesn't want to think about the fact that you can be activated into the fullness of what all creation yearns for. And it is a revealed son and daughter that walks in the kingdom of heaven at hand mentality. He doesn't want you there. Now, I'm, I'm experiencing miracle ministry, and we're doing all kinds of stuff. I'm training uh, ministry teams and everything, doing what God's called us to do, and I get injured at work. That's a hernia. It's no big deal. That's when we found out that I had to create a miracle. That's so cool. I mean, those that don't know, I was born with three kidneys, had two removed when I was five, had kidney stones for 27 years. Um, God healed me, and then like four years later, I get this little hernia, and I'm getting all these tests done, and the doctor tells us, hey, your kidneys are fine. And we're like, what? Even she was like, what? And she left. And she, she came back. And she, like an hour later, she goes, I had to go look at the, the films myself. I thought the radiologist made a mistake. But you have two fully functioning kidneys. <laughs> so I've had four kidneys, no kidney transplant. <laughs> Double portion. All right. Um, so I find out that, but then I have a hernia to deal with. I go in for hernia surgery. I'm fine. I'm literally working on my computer. She takes it away while they're rolling me off to, to cut me open, right? And, um, and I'm fine. It's just, it's a nuisance. It's painful. But if you ever had a hernia, it was like, yeah, it hurts. But, and so I came out in so much pain, so much pain. And they, they come find out after all the testing and neurologists, I, they severed 90% of my femoral nerve in the surgery. And so exactly, I'm like, God's got this. 
But exactly what happens, though, that Satan just really wants to destroy your hope and your focus. And, and, and the, the doctor declares things, and I should have rejected what he declared. And he's like, this is worst-case scenario. You're going to lose the ability to use your leg. Your, your muscles will ball up and atrophy. And that all happened. I went from walking on a cane to where I couldn't even get out of bed. But Jesus came in the room. <laughs> Come on. We press in and we cultivate and we press in. And God, this is what you did, Jesus. You sent out the 72 and they, they say people were delivered. People were healed. People were set free. When you sent them out, you said, go heal these sick. Press in and cultivate these very words. There's powerful written words that God has said that carry the essence of the kingdom of heaven at hand. The lifestyle of miracles is just the vessel that says, God, yes. I will go. Is it easy? No. We read back in, um, this is John 16, right? I think it was John 16. Maybe. No, it's Luke. But we read in there, he says, I send you out like sheep to the wolves. We got to press into him. God knows us. If we figure it all out, we'll just get used to it and move on. But if we had to press into this, this is what my wife and I, we, 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 we live this mentality. If you stand up um, as we wrap up, we live this mentality, though. Um, everybody can stand real quick if you can. If you can't stand, that's okay. We're going to pray for you. Um, but we live in this mentality of this. This is how we live. We push into God so much that we're leaning against him that if he moves, we have to move or we fall on our face. That we lean so much into his word. That we lean so much into his spirit. So much into his kingdom. That if he just takes a step forward, we're like, okay, we're taking a step forward. If we get stubborn in our ways, which we do, then we fall. And then you know what God's so good about doing? Hey, come on, let me help you back up. Lean on me again. What are we pressing into? Are we pressing into the mess and the, the junk? Uh, uh, you could take cultivation the opposite way. So if you're social media, I'm going to pick on it just a little bit. I know some people love it a lot. But if your social media page is full of negative, 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 you're following the wrong thing. If, if all you see is the negative, you're not looking at God. It's the truth. And if, if you're just watching CNN and ABC, NBC, whatever it is, and you're just nothing but the negative and you're cultivating this negative spirit in your mind, in your heart, you're going to be missing out of the positive of what God wants to do, of what God's doing, where he's showing up. It's easy to look at what's going on in this world and miss out that very here in the place that you come on Sundays that someone's ankle was released of restrictions and immobility of metal right here in your midst. And then you could cultivate this and take it out and say, this is what just happened Sunday at work. You could tell people, come on. You could literally be in the midst of situations where like I, I, was, I was doing this one government job where 
I mean, literally, like, I mean, it's a government job. I'm training people, 200 people at a time every day, like four or five times a day. And I do these long two-hour training sessions to get them um, ready to go out into the midst of a disaster. And, um, and so I'm training people, training people, training people. And God highlights this one person to me like a scared little girl. I mean, that's all I saw. I didn't see the woman that was sitting there. So I was a scared little girl. And I kept on seeing it. So I asked God what, what it's about. And, you know, sometimes I, I have conversations with God even while I'm talking to you. So I'm, I'm talking, and I'm like, God, what's going on here? He's, and he's like, she's scared of men. I say, well, that's great. Um, I'm a man. That's going to help me a lot. And, and God's like, she needs to be set free. And so I just pressed into praying for her. What? You don't have to go and just share the gospel right away? No. Pray for her. I just prayed for her, prayed for her, and I said, God, just encounter her or, or just provide moments that we have encounter. I had, you know, we activated, I think, 8,000 people in, the, in three weeks during that time. And um, I'm like going all over the place and dealing with clients and everything. But I kept on running into this lady. And I just say hi to her. I say, how are you doing? How's your manager treating you? Just open conversation. Long story short, she was completely severely abused by her husband, was living in hiding, ran away from him, and her and her daughter were living in a shelter. I ended up being able to pray for her, get her set free, get her delivered, get her put in a place where she understood that Jesus loved her. Oh, it was so good. In the midst of a government job, it doesn't matter where you work. Our, our God could give you favor that gives you unbelievable access to so many things. He could drop a word of wisdom in you that shows you off to your bosses and gives you favor. And then you could cultivate the, 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 the understanding that what's going on here is I live by a greater power. Or how about this in today's world, cultivating the very peace of Jesus in the mess. Why are you Okay. I'm going to give you one more um, physical testimony, and I want to pray for you. But, I mean, this is just recent. This is, I mean, this, Satan likes to attack. Just recently, um, through different tests and everything, I'm going to give you a short version of this. But in December, um, they did a CT in my throat, found that I had three more masses on my throat besides the one they already found that was on my thyroid. All right, so there's four masses in my throat, and I'm not feeling really good, and I got a lot of joint issues, and I've got a lot of pain in my throat, and there's one of the masses on my vocal cords. I got a conference to do in, in Connecticut, um, and, you know, they're like, oh, COVID's breaking out. We might need to cancel, and don't cancel, and I asked the pastor, do you want to do it? He goes, yeah, I'd love to do it. I said, I'll come. I didn't even tell him about my physical problems. I was like, I'll just go. God, I go wherever God tells me to go, and even between speaking I had to go and do like breathing treatments, and I had inhalers, and I had um, uh, a breederol and um, nebulizer, um, and um, I had to do these treatments all day. And you know, I'm, um, I, I'm got the, my doctor's freaking out. He wants to send me to a surgeon. And we have all this, and during the midst of this, I'm telling this the, the short of it. But during the midst of it, like people will be like, "Oh, Brenda, are you okay?" The people that know us, she goes, "Yeah, I'm good." Like, "Are you okay, Marcus? Are you okay?" Yeah, I'm good. Why? Because I live in a greater understanding that than the physical problems that the Satan or the world or whatever's throwing at us. I live in understanding that I live in victory. I live in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. I am not sitting in a tomb. I'm sitting out here going, say, Jesus is still Lord. He's still on the throne. He's sitting at the right hand of God. God the Father is still on the throne and is in control. We don't have to fear what's being thrown at us. we got to say, no, I have victory. The word says that you will st you'll trample, you will step on, you will put Satan underneath your feet. Romans, right? I mean, come on. He's underneath. doesn't matter what comes against you. And just so you know, I'm healed. 
All the masses are gone. They shrunk and disappeared. The surgeon I went to is like trying to find it. I didn't even know that yet. And, and God healed it completely. It took over a, a few weeks of going into worship. It's a long story, but it's just beautiful. Just worship. God's doing something in worship. Something to worship. Oh, I just was worshiping him, not even asking him anything. Sometimes we get so much in our ask and forget that if we lift them on high. Ah, oh, Lord Jesus. If we lift them on high, all these things will be added unto you. That's health. That's provision. That's peace. That's love. If we lift them on high, just right now, just, just stop in the midst of this moment. Like, God, we just lift you on high. Jesus, name above every other name. Not thinking of your problems, not thinking of your physical issues, not thinking of anything other than Jesus. We lift you on high. Oh, Lord, forgive us for just bringing junk to you all the time and not just saying, oh, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. The name above every other name. The name above every physical issue, every trauma. We love you, Lord. I want to do a couple things here, but I want to in this concept, and it's not in your notes, and it's not on the app, and I'm, I got this during worship, but um, I just want to remind you in this moment, I want to, I want to honor what God said, and it is that we got to remember in, in, in 2 Peter chapter 1, and it, it lists off growing in godliness and virtue and self-control, growing in these things. Cultivating is growing. Cultivating is pressing in for more. Growing in these things. And if we don't grow in these things, that we get nearsighted, we get blind, we literally will forget our very salvation, our very first love, depending on the translation you use there. But it, we, we forget who we are. We forget what we're called to. We forget that he, he literally says, I am sending you. In this moment, this time, this, this next few minutes, um, just close your eyes. Just put your hands in front of you. I'm just going to pray a release over us. But in your heart also, just say, God, let me hunger for more. Let me grow, grow, grow. Just like it says in Second Peter that we need grow in virtue and knowledge of love and godliness and self-control, brotherly kindness. The things that you called us to, Father God. Forgive us, Lord, for making it just about ourselves forgive us father for not just pressing into more of you for getting nearsighted getting blind to our first love Jesus I just break off right now any form of fear condemnation or I should have could have any of those things because that's not what God's about I want to encourage you as you listen to my voice right now, encourage you that God doesn't look at your past. He just asks you to, to learn from that. He doesn't look at where, where you're at right now. He doesn't even see you where you're at right now. That's the beautiful thing of God. He's like, just grow where you're at right now because I see you in your destiny.
I see you as what you're created to be. I see you as a mighty warrior, as a son, as a daughter, as one that is called, the one that Jesus called and sent out to this world to subdue the earth, one that is called to bear fruit of heaven, one that is called to be in this world, not of it, but to win it, one that is called to represent the kingdom of heaven, Jesus Christ, on this earth. That's where he sees you. You are a powerful, powerful being. You're a powerful daughter. You're a powerful son. Don't let your past be a chains that holds you down. Because I'm telling you, I, I can stand here and be a person that says, look, my brother tried to burn me alive. My father beat me and abused me and threw me out. I lived in storm drain tunnels. My past is my past. That doesn't define me today. Because God said, no, that is not you. I am bringing you out of the tombs. I'm bringing you out of the darkness. I'm bringing you out of the pain, out of the hatred, out of the the." the literally the, the worthlessness feeling that you're given as a child and he's bringing you into a place of understanding that you're a child of God. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God that he chose, that he calls. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it because he says he wants you to have it. He wants you to have it. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. You're calling us to so much more. I thank you, Lord. I want to stay here just real, just a little bit longer before we go into just praying for healing. But I just thank you, Lord, that you want us to, just to know how much you love us. That you break off all the things of the past, even if we cause issues ourselves. That you break those things off. That you call us into something greater. That you call us into something more. You call us into the being the kingdom of heaven at hand. The vessels that carry the Holy Spirit that empowers us to break chains, to cause the atmosphere to shift. And it's all because of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, I know we... we, we I briefly went over several different healings, right? And you've seen healings. We gave testimony of issues with gluten, dairy, gave testimony of back, ankle, genetic disease. Those are testimonies that I pointed out just from my own body, from other people that are in a room or my daughter. I mean, if you're dealing with one of these things, then God is releasing healing through the testimony. The testimony always brings the spirit of Jesus, which is healing. The full gospel is the sin is forgiven through the blood, but the broken body makes us whole. That there's healing in this room. If you're dealing with gluten issues, I just want you to put your hand up. If you're dealing with um, dairy issues, any allergy, in fact, of food or anything, I know there's so many out there to list, just put a hand up in the air. If you're dealing with back pain, back issues, especially lower back issues, um, like I talked about, I, I, I know back pain. I've seen thousands of backs healed. Why? Because I have authority over back issues because I've been delivered from it and healed from it. Put your hand up. If you have ankle issues and ankle pain, you know, put a hand up. Just keep your hand up. I'm not, I'm not, you know, have activate the people at the same time here. So just keep your hand up if those are you. If um, 
neck issues or tumors or, or prognosis from a doctor that is not good, you know? Um, you know, put your hand up, those type of things, any kind of um, growths in your body that need to be removed. God dissolves those, so put your hand up. Everybody, um, that, look around. If you see a hand up, I just want you to go over, and if you're good with it, um, you know, just, just gently lay a hand on the shoulder or what. I just want everybody that's sitting around just to go and to put a hand. You're activated into the kingdom. So just move around. He had to the, uh, pray for these people with their hands up. Turn around, young ladies. You're, you're part of that too. Come on. Um, you know, just, um, you know, guys, you're praying right here. So just just look around, and when, when someone touches you, just put your hand down. We're going to pray for a little bit, and um, you could tell them real quick while I'm talking, like, I got back issues. That's all you guys say. You don't have to give a whole long detail. I like what Bill Johnson says about that. You give too much detail, put a hand, finger on their lips, tell them, shh. You know, just say, hey, I, I, I need a miracle. I need healing on my back, my ankle, whatever it is. I just want everybody to be prayed for. Um, so make sure just turn around and, um, and I'll move around and pray too. But we're going to declare, this is, this is how easy it is. Just declare the life of Jesus, the name of Jesus Christ over every single cell. Declare that pain leaves their body. Declare that the healing and the, uh, the restoration power of the cross will rewrite their DNA so they don't have allergy issues anymore. Declare healing and alignment of the spine in the name of Jesus Christ. Declare the full restoration power to flow through. Declare the life of Jesus over every cell. These are just key things that you could do. As we pray as a body, we just declare healing to flow in this room, Father God. Release your power to heal the genetic conditions, to heal the gluten issues, to heal the dietary restrictions, Father God, to heal the backs, Father God, to heal the spines. Right now, we declare the life of Jesus Christ over the bodies, that the iniquity cannot stand. We have victory and power over every iniquity, over every disease in Jesus Christ's name. Let your restoration flow, Father God. Let your healing power flow in Jesus' name. Restoration flow. Activate your people. Declare. Declare Jesus over them right now. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We lift you on high so all these things can be added onto us. We lift you on high, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Healing power flow. Restoration power flow from every cell of the body. Every cell, every cell, healing, healing, healing in the body. Every joint, every pain, go right now. Every joint be restored, realigned in the name of Jesus Christ. Healing and restoration. We declare that gluten issues and dietary restrictions cannot stand. We declare the body to align up with the kingdom of heaven for healing from high blood pressure, from diabetes. In Jesus' name, that backs will be aligned, that backs will be healed, that pain will leave the bodies out of your people right Right now, healing power, healing power, flow in this room, flow in this room. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Healing, restoration, restoration power, Jesus Christ, restoration in Jesus' name. Healing, Father God. Healing. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. We thank you, Lord, what you're doing in this room. We thank you, Lord, that you're, you're destroying the prognosis and the diagnosis that says there's nothing can be done. But Jesus says there's something can be done. I've already paid for it. I've already done it and manifested right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Healing, healing, healing in the name of Jesus. Restoration power flow. Thank you, Lord.
I just want to check something because I love testing and checking, right? If you had pain in your body, check your body out real quick. If you had um, uh, restrictions or anything, just check that out because we're talking about backs and everything. Some of us are like, you know, if it's a dietary restriction or you need a miracle or whatnot, and those things you can't test. But while they're checking their body, if you felt a touch of God during when the people were praying for you, just put a hand up in the air. If you felt like God was doing something, whether it's heat, electricity, movement in your body, look around you. God is moving in this place. I just declare over you the fullness of the healing because every good work he starts, he completes. I declare over you the fullness of his power to to completely restore your body. I know you can't check it out right now, but I want to declare over you that you see differences and changes in your body and glorify God every step of the way. Glorify God every step of the way. Praise you, Jesus. I thank you what you're doing, Lord. Those that had pain in the body, that um, literally whatever is pain in the back, um, ankles, you know, just uh, pain left your body and you're, 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 you're feeling the healing touch and pain's left your body. Just put your hand up in the air so we can glorify God what he's doing. Right here, there's somebody over here. Thank you, Jesus, over here. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for pain leaving the body. Pain be gone in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I, I also want to just pray. I, 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 I've had a creative miracle in my own body. I've seen creative miracles um, in our ministry all over the place. Everything from new hearts to new lungs to new gallbladders to new kidneys to new rectum. I mean, like God is creating things. Um, I've mentioned Azusa Street earlier, and, and that was a great outpouring of creative miracles. I believe we're on the verge of another great outpouring of creative miracles. If you need a miracle in your body, like the doctors say, you look, you need another heart. Or, I mean, there's nothing thing we could do. You need an organ replacement. I want you to just put a hand in the air. We're going to pray for you right now. So anybody need a miracle like that? There's one over there. Okay. Just declare. Um, yeah, you could, You definitely could stand in the gap for somebody. Definitely. You stand in the gap. I've, I've literally prayed for um, a mother that her daughter was in the hospital dying of kidney disease and couldn't get a kidney transplant, had um, used up all the veins for dialysis, and she had heat hit her body in the hospital while I prayed for the mother, and, her, and she was restored in the hospital. All right, you can literally just put a hand up for somebody else. You can send a text to them or whatever you want to do. But you know, God heals in this room. So we just say, Father God, for the people in this room and the people that we're standing in the gap for, send your angels out right now on commission to go and send a miracle, creative miracle, send the miracle power of Jesus Christ to their bodies right now, where you start creating new livers, new hearts, Father God, new kidneys right now in the name of Jesus, new lungs right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus, that you start replacing the blood in their body, Father God, new marrow in the name of Jesus, that you start rebuking out cancer, disease right now in the name of Jesus Christ, and we speak life to the cells of their organs, that every single thing that has been damaged be restored in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ, restoration power, Jesus Christ, over their bodies, let them feel your warmth, let them feel your electricity, let them feel your power in the room right now, let the shalom of Jesus fall on that place. In Jesus' name, let them feel the movement in their body as something is created out of nothing, Father. We call forth that word when you knit them together in their mother's womb to come forth again and make them whole again in Jesus' name. Let your power flow in the name of Jesus. Restore their bodies. Restore their bodies in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I think I want to do one more, Pastor. I know we went a little bit over here, um, but I just want to do one more. Just I felt like this is what God was saying real quick. Um, 
literally that you think there's family that is just unreachable. That they're just too far out. They're too gone. And I'm, I'm living proof of, of someone that literally lived in hatred, lived in the streets, lived in drugs, lived in violence, lived in gangs. And while, while I was in Texas living out this hatred life, my mother in California got saved and started praying for her children. I mean, literally, like, you, you, you think that there's, there's no way to reach that individual. I mean, psychiatrists told the foster agencies, let this one go. Let him go to juvie. He's a menace to society, nothing but a career criminal. Set it right in front of me. But God is greater than the words spoken over family, over your children, over your, your brothers, your sisters. He's greater than those things. If you have a family member that you just feel like, well, they're so far lost, something needs to happen, just put a hand up. Just put a hand up. God is going to reach them no matter how far gone you might think they are. People say they are. God can reach them. So, Father God, for the prodigals, for the lost ones, for those families that, that, we, just, that we just don't know what's going on with them, we can't reach them. They won't listen to us. But, God, send your angels. Send encounters. Send the people in their paths, Father God, that will shine the light and the love of Jesus Christ on them, even right where they're at, even if they're in the hotel room and, and just, just coming and recovering over this morning, over being drunk. Father, let them have an encounter with you right there. If they're in a prison cell, Father, let them have an encounter with you right there in the prison cell. Wherever they're at, meet them right now, Father God. Send your power, your miracle power of love. <sighs> Baptisms of love, Father God. Wave upon wave upon wave of love. Let them feel your arms wrap around them. That they're not lost. That you've been with them and you've been there just trying to reach them. That they're loved. That they feel your presence, Lord Jesus. Because you died for all. You died for every single one, every single person, every soul. Reach those lost ones in our hearts, Father. Let them just be encouraged and just to reach out, to say, hey, I'm alive. I'm here. I don't know what's going on, but I just wanted to talk to you. Reach them, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the healing in this room. We thank you for the pain that's left the bodies. We thank you, Father God, that you're healing all kinds of disease, Father. We thank you, Father God, that you called us to go on this earth as Jesus went to bring the kingdom of heaven at hand. We thank you that Elizabethville will be a place that hosts the kingdom of heaven. We thank you that giving light is here, Father, to be a light in this region. We thank you, Father God, for Pastor Steve and Dr. Hilton and the entire staff, Father. We thank you that they're here to help us and guide us. And I just pray, Father, for a blessing of outpouring of your presence, your healing, encounters, 
even bigger and greater than we've ever dreamed or desired. Because you want to give us so much more. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.